on this episode of Fantasy NFL Today. I have to get it off my chest. We have to talk about the Lock It Up segment and the disaster that it has become, unfortunately. We are also breaking down who to pick up off your waiver wire for week six as the bye weeks start to kick in. Lots of good stuff coming up. You won't want to miss it. And it all starts now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by Hoop Ball. Today is Tuesday, October 12th. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And let's just take it off the top here at the beginning of this episode to discuss the disastrous, the absolutely disastrous Lock It Up segment, and it is off to a brutal, absolutely brutal start after a one three and one losing record in week five bringing the overall total to now eight 16 and one hitting only at a 33 percent clip i'm not running from this i am not hiding from this this is a very transparent show and this is the way that things are unfolding at the current moment we had the Jets plus the three and a half who just i mean the Jets at this point man if you can't beat The lowly Atlanta Falcons without star wide receiver Calvin Ridley. You know, they were they were throwing the ball to Hayden Hurst, the backup tight end for for crying out loud. Like if they can't take care of that, then I don't know. I do not know what is going on with this Jets team. You know, Zach Wilson looked to be improving last week with his two touchdowns against the Tennessee Titans. Comes back or goes across the pond, I guess. I don't know if it was the distraction of all that, but the Jets just stink. You can't trust them in any situation. That is becoming more clear and clear as we go deeper into the season. The Bengals plus three is a complete letdown with all the missed field goals. I think they said five or six missed field goals after the two-minute warning, including the overtime periods. The you know rookie kicker for the Bengals sails it to the left and hits the flag in the upper left corner and just no good. Give Rodgers too many times to win the game and it's going to happen. He's going to win the game, so we got to push. The push is better than a loss, but in this case, you know, with these three losses during this week, we really could have used that win, so the Bengals pushes for us. The Panthers, I can't figure either of these teams out. I can't figure out the Panthers. You know, they started off hot. Everybody was claiming Sam Darnold to be, you know, this new and improved quarterback. Well, he looks like the Sam Darnold I thought he was the whole time. Problem is, I thought that the Panthers would stay on a heater for at least a couple weeks. So we had the Panthers against the Dallas Cowboys, loser, and now against the Philadelphia Eagles, my hometown squad, loser. But again, with the Philadelphia Eagles, it's like, who are we getting? Who are we getting? They destroyed the Atlanta Falcons in week one. I always thought that this team was going to be better than what the uh, you know than the national media has proclaimed them to be because they had the pieces. It was always a question if if Jalen Hurts could actually be that quarterback, and if the coaching staff can put together a you know fundamental game that that could support this team. And we saw that in Week One; it looked good. But then, due to the rough schedule, we see them get crushed by the Cowboys. Uh, the 49ers take them down and then the Chiefs put up 42 points on them and I know they made that somewhat of a game but the Chiefs look awful too so maybe this Eagles team you know it's 
they might not be terrible, but but going into this week against Carolina, you know, they're missing four of their offensive starters. That's cluster injuries. Anytime that any team has a cluster injury, meaning like one position, like all the cornerbacks are hurt, all the offensive linemen are hurt, all the pass rushers are hurt, it's usually not good for a team. And the Eagles did, I mean, the Panthers looked like they were going to pull this one out, and out of nowhere, Sam Darnold implodes, and the Eagles pull this one out for a victory so yeah the nfl is one of the hardest games to bet on uh it might just be one of those years you know the last three seasons i had a high success rate of doing this it just sucks that now once the voice is out there once we're doing the podcast and we're trying to give you this good information that this is like the the down year the slump year maybe but who knows we're only five weeks in there is still a lot i know i keep saying that it's it's driving me crazy too very frustrating, very disappointing, but there is still a lot of football to be played. Um, but our one winner this week was the Bears plus the five and a half. And the Bears, to me, are you know they're they're looking like a team we might want to ride here going forward. Um, we had them minus the two and a half against the Lions for the winner the week before. We took them this week plus five and a half against the Raiders, and they won the game outright twenty to nine. And then this week, the spread's a little weird. It's They're in Green Bay, and I know Green Bay always dominates them in Chicago. But the spread is four, four and a half, uh, probably make its way up to five soon. But the Bears are an interesting team that we might want to look to ride. And then we finally lose our last loser of the game with the Cleveland Browns plus two. Again, the Browns were up. They had a decent lead. They let the Chargers come back. I think the Browns even went up or were up around the two-minute warning to let Herbert go down, score the touchdown, and win the game. Just absolute brutal ways we're losing these games. Again, I don't I I'm hoping that this type of losing does not hold up. It's 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 kind of a mix between some are bad picks, like the Jets, I will admit. The Jets was a very bad pick. But some of these other picks are we're just losing in crazy ways. The Carolina Panthers looked sturdy that whole game. That whole game until that's until the very end of that game where it just all imploded. And then the Cleveland Browns, the same thing. They were up and then, you know, they gave Justin Herbert too much time. We were right there. And I feel like that keeps happening through these five weeks. You know, I just don't know what else to say at this point. It is very frustrating, and I hear a lot of you. I am very disappointed in myself. But again, it is just after five weeks of football. You can either, at this point, just fade the picks. If you think the, the, the picks are that bad, then fade them. Because if you actually did fade them, you'd be 16-8-1 hitting at a 67% clip, making some serious cash. But, obviously, you're not listening to this podcast to fade somebody that should be giving you advice and I get that. So, we can continue, you know, we can continue to let it ride out and see what happens. You can lay off the picks, just see what happens. But I'm telling you every time that happens, that's when the hot streak comes. So, but I still believe it will turn around in the end. Hopefully the ball starts bouncing our way. I just wanted to get this out here in the front. I do understand the disastrous situation right now with the lock it up segment, but the segment goes on. There is no quit here on Fantasy NFL Today. Losers quit, and although we are currently losing and getting our teeth kicked in, there will be no quit here. So the Lock It Up segment will go on each and every Friday and do as you will with it. All right, well, let's reel it back into the fantasy football world. Tonight is the big night, the waiver wire night. Put in your bids. 
Go get your guys. Um, a lot of big injuries happened this weekend. You know, quarterback Russell Wilson up in Seattle goes down with a dislocated finger or tendon in his finger. He had to get surgery on, so he'll be out for a while. Saquon Barkley rolled up his ankle. He did not break anything, but that thing looked gross. I, I have never seen an ankle bubble up like that before, but I, and I don't know how that wasn't damaged even further than what it looked like, but seems like he'll be okay. He'll probably miss a few weeks, so... We're going to be probably looking at Devin Booker there. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes down with a sprained MCL, so he'll be out for a while. Juju Smith-Schuster, Damian Harris, Daniel Jones might miss a game. I mean, Daniel Jones is – you hear players get concussions all the time. Daniel Jones, when they get up and they're woozy like that, that is a real concussion. He may miss a week or two. Uh, the tight end, Max Williams, who has surprisingly been having a good season, is – is probably going to miss time. Deontay Harris and Kenny Galladay. All pretty big names there for this year's fantasy football world, dealing with injuries that will probably miss time. And something else to keep in mind are the bye weeks that will start this week here in week six. The Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, New York Jets, and San Francisco 49ers will all be on buys. So if you have any players like Cordell Patterson, Alvin Kamara, Corey Davis, or Debo Samuel, all players that are contributing at a high rate this year. We're going to need some replacements for them. So who are we looking to add on this week's waiver wire? Well, if you follow me on Twitter, last week I put out a couple recommendations for stashes, for running backs that you basically want to look at as lottery tickets, guys that are next in line that could take over the running back position if anything were to happen to the starters. And the reason I tweet them out as stashes, it's to it's to stash some of these guys so that when we get to this waiver wire, when we get to these Tuesday nights, we're not caught in a bidding war constantly. We're not constantly having to blow our fab load all over for these guys that we could stash now and just wait. One of my favorite stashes last week was Khalil Herbert on the Chicago Bears. While everyone was blowing their fab stack on Damian Williams, and I do understand that he's the starting running back, but he was dealing with a major thigh contusion. I was telling my followers on Twitter to go out and stash Khalil Herbert. You know, Herbert was a solid running back in college, especially that last year with the Virginia Tech Hokies. He had over 1,300 all-purpose yards and nine touchdowns in his senior year there. You know, I just, I really liked him coming out of last year's draft class, but when he ended up with the Bears, it kind of just extinguished that fire because I knew he was going to be behind David Montgomery, who is the bell cow for the Chicago Bears, and then when they signed Damian Williams, it didn't make it any better. But now with Montgomery going down and being out for an extended period of time, and then with Damian Williams having the thigh bruise, if anything were to happen to Damian Williams, we would see Khalil Herbert burst onto the scene. And surprisingly... I was actually shocked by this because I thought this was technically going to be somewhat of a split back committee, but mostly dominated by Damian Williams. Khalil Herbert out touched Damian Williams by two carries. Herbert got the 18 carries for 75 yards and Damian Williams got the 16 carries for 64 yards. But Damian Williams did receive three extra targets out of that backfield for an additional 20 yards on top of his 64. So, you know, Damian Williams still outproduced Herbert overall in yardage. But just it was just surprising to see that they actually trusted Khalil Herbert with the more carries. And then when they were in their two-minute offense, Khalil Herbert actually got 100% of the carries. So if you missed Damian Williams last week in the Fab War, Herbert is still available in 81% of Yahoo leagues, and I highly recommend going out and getting him. There is a bit of a side note here, though. The Bears' schedule does not look good. It doesn't look easy for the running backs over the next four weeks. 
They get Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Pittsburgh before their bye. And then after their bye, you have to wonder if David Montgomery will be ready to return. So something to keep in mind here. But as always, the running back position is always super thin. This is why, again, we always talk about robust running back draft strategy because we're always scrambling for these running backs. So even though the schedule is hard, getting Khalil Herbert tonight, if you don't already have him, would be a very smart option. My other favorite options tonight to pick up is running back Chris Evans. This is another one that I recommended to stash last week. I still don't trust Joe Mixon to make it through the season, and he's obviously still banged up because he only received 10 carries for 33 yards and one catch for two yards last week against the Packers. I was super surprised to see Samaje Piran get the workload that he did. Because this guy has been in the league for a long time. It's not, he's not anything special. He's not going to suddenly burst onto the scene. He's slow. There is nothing special about him when it comes to his physical attributes or his skill set. And I get that he scored a touchdown, but if he doesn't score that touchdown, what did he really finish with? It's very mediocre, it's very flat. I still would never play Samaji Piran. I don't care if Joe Mixon was out for an extended period of time like a lot of these other running backs. I would never feel comfortable slotting him in as one of my running backs and just, you know, kicking my feet up and just hoping for the best. I just don't see it. The talent, again, is not there. The dude is nothing more than what running back Jordan Howard is. He's actually probably the best comparison to to any running back I can make to Samaji Piran. Jordan Howard and Samaji Piran similar backs, slow plotters, have a little power to them, probably better off suited as a goal line back. But, but besides that, if you're asking me if the Cincinnati Bengals said, hey, we're going to roll out some Ajay Piran as our starter today, it does nothing for me. It does nothing for me. It should do nothing for you. And again, I get that he scored a touchdown. Take the touchdown away, and you're, you're really left with not much. So the question is, who is the guy then? And it's the rookie running back from Michigan, Chris Evans. Again, these are lottery tickets. I'm not saying that Chris Evans will take over because you don't really know what's going on in Zach Taylor's head, the head coach of the Bengals. You don't know what they're going to do. Some of these coaches don't care. They'll just start the next guy up and not you know, look into the whole analytical world and who will benefit the team more or design a different game plan for a different running back or whatever the case may be. But I'm just saying, this is the guy, if you're going to take a lottery ticket, is this is the guy you take. It's Chris Evans out of Michigan. You know, I don't think there's that much special qualities to this guy either, but he is better. He's more athletic than someone like Samaji Piran. So if anything were to happen to Joe Mixon, and we all know Joe Mixon's checkered past with being injured all the time. He tends to be banged up more often than not. But this is someone to just keep an eye on. You might not even have to spend a fab dollar on him. You might be able to pick him up off free agents still since Samaji Piran got most of those carries. But just someone to keep an eye on. Keep him starred. Keep him in your watch list if you need to. Another grab you can go get off your waiver wire tonight that I like a lot, I like him more than Chris Evans, is running back Jarrett Patterson on the Washington football team. This is another instance where I've been completely shocked. Just, just floored that Washington still gave Antonio Gibson 20 carries against the Saints after a report came out later last week that he's been playing with a stress fracture in his shin. Now, Gibson was only able to get 60 yards off of those 20 carries, so I don't know if the stress fracture is is going into that, is factoring into that, but it's still I, don't, I still don't like the sound of that. How can you be a NFL starting running back with a fracture in your leg? 
Are you still able to run at full speed? Are you still able to cut at full speed? Are you still be able to deliver power at full speed? I just don't see how that's possible. And if you keep playing on a stress fracture, will the fracture eventually get worse? Will he eventually break his leg? Like, I don't understand how you can continue to run or get 20 carries a week and have that not worsen. It doesn't have enough time to heal. And I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I would just think if I had a stress fracture or a fracture in my leg and I had to run against 250 pound linebackers and safeties crashing down on me, it just doesn't sound good. So with that being said, Jarrett Patterson is someone that we can look to stash again as a lottery ticket. I thought J.D. McKissick would have a larger role versus the Saints this last week, but he only received two carries out of the backfield. But the interesting thing is, is that Jared Patterson out-touched J.D. McKissick as far as carries because Patterson got four carries. Now, obviously, that's still minuscule, minuscule compared to the 20 carries that Gibson got. But I think it does say a little bit of something that if Gibson were to go down or eventually miss a lot of time, that it looks like... Patterson may outtouch McKissick in the future. McKissick is only available in 56% of Yahoo leagues, while Patterson is available in 98% of Yahoo leagues. But again, the idea is for you to store these guys before the injuries happen so you don't find yourself in a bidding war every Tuesday night for guys like this. If Gibson goes down with a leg injury, you're going to have to spend half of your fab budget or possibly more to get guys like Patterson. So that is why last week I put the tweet out to go ahead and stash him now. And hopefully you could still get somebody like him for cheap dollars now. Because again, if something does happen to the starting running back Gibson, these guys will suddenly become valuable. And another thing about McKissick that I think we're starting to see a little bit here, even if Gibson were to go down, I think McKissick stays in that role. He continues to do what he does, and that's more of the pass catching back that he is. He has a defined role in that offense, and I think things would stay that way if something were to happen to Gibson, making Patterson the RB1 on that team. So go ahead and grab him. You know, you can bid like a, a small amount of fab dollars on him and probably get him. If not, you could probably wait and pick him up on free agents tomorrow. Someone else I like is obviously Daryl Williams on the Kansas city chiefs. We know that Clyde Edwards Hilaire went down with that injury. Um, and it looks like Daryl Williams will get about 60 to 70% of the carries as the running back there probably split or mixed in there a little bit with Jarek McKinnon. But an interesting thing here to keep an eye on is Colts running back Marlon Mack. Mack is someone that the Chiefs should be interested in bringing in. It's not like the Chiefs are just some rebuilding team. That, that just doesn't really care about winning right now or doesn't think that they can win a Super Bowl. The Chiefs are a Super Bowl caliber team, or at least they think they are. So if they're willing to gamble and roll the dice on starting Darrell Williams and mixing in Jarek McKinnon for the next four weeks or however long it's going to be, I would think that's a pretty big gamble for them since they're already behind the eight ball here. They're two and three. They have a lot of ground to make up, especially with the Chargers in the division. I would think that someone like Marlon Mack would pique their interest. You know, Marlon Mack and the Colts organization have already mutually agreed on formulating a trade, and it should happen eventually. And now with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the picture, Marlon Mack becomes someone that the Chiefs should go out and pursue. 
And lucky for us fantasy players, again, another stash. Now, you're obviously not going to be able to stash all these people. You don't want your whole bench to be filled with lottery tickets. But Marlon Mack has proven to be a formidable running back in the past. He is available in 90% of Yahoo leagues. And if someone like the Kansas City Chiefs picks him up, he all of a sudden becomes a huge asset to your team. So while everybody else is shooting off the Fab Buco Bucks tonight for Darrell Williams or maybe even Jarek McKinnon, you could slide right in there on a low budget and snatch up someone like Marlon Mack. Another obvious ad tonight is running back Devontae Booker on the New York Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley goes down with the ankle injury. We touched on him a little bit on the top of the pod here. So it looks like... Devontae Booker should be the lead back for now. Now, maybe the New York Giants are interested in Marlon Mack. I don't know. But for now, it looks like Devontae Booker will take over the lead back duties. But the thing about Devontae Booker, and I know running back's hard to come by. I know he's going to be the starter. If you look at somebody who's as talented as Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley has not even eclipsed 60 rushing yards on the season. All of his big plays have come off the pass. So the question is... Can Devontae Booker play any better or equally as good as Saquon Barkley? Because when you look at Saquon Barkley, somebody that's that athletic, someone that, that is that explosive, that plays behind that terrible offensive line, and he always relies on the big play to score and put up points on your fantasy team, is Devontae Booker even close to that? Because if Saquon Barkley can't get 60 yards in one game yet behind this offensive line, how is Devontae Booker going to? If Saquon Barkley relies on the big play from a from a wheel route, is Deva- is Devontae Booker going to be able to do that as well? So again, I get that he's the starter, and I get that running backs are hard to come by, but are we going to really start Devontae Booker as our RB2 or RB3 in our flex and feel real confident about it? Probably not. Another running back to look at tonight, and, and somebody we were high on going into the season because of his monstrous preseason that he had uh, was running back Ramadre Stevenson on the New England Patriots. Now, I don't think Damian Harris's injury is as bad as we as we maybe once thought it was going to be. But another thing is that Damian Harris actually fumbled the ball in that game, too. So we all know how Bill Belichick takes out his frustration uh, or his passive aggressiveness on these running backs. If you fumble the ball, we might not see these guys for two games. So, you know, Damian Harris is having a very like roller coaster type of season. He's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. He's kind of frustrating for owners, but Ramadre Stevenson, you know, steps into the plate. I know he didn't play very well. He got 11 carries for only 23 yards, which is actually abysmal. But if it's anything for signs to come, we may start to see a little bit more of Ramadre Stevenson as we get deeper into the season. So maybe a decent stash there if he's available. I have two wide receivers that have popped off as of late. We have Kadarius Toney of the New York Giants. And, you know, he should continue to dominate targets because of the cluster injuries of the New York Giants. Kenny Galladay is now hurt. Sterling Shepard has been hurt. Darius Slayton has been hurt. And as long as these guys continue to miss time, as long as these guys continue to be banged up, Kadarius Toney is going to be the number one option for the New York Giants from the wide receiver position. And we should continue to see him dominate those targets. Now, obviously, with Daniel Jones going down with the concussion and the severity of that concussion, I don't think the, re- the full report is out yet here on Tuesday. But if it is a very serious concussion, he may miss a game. And having Mike Glennon throw him the ball is not obviously ideal. 
but he is a very versatile player. He can get it out of the backfield. You know, you, you can run this guy on screen passes out of the slot on the outside. He's one of those versatile all around type Swiss, Swiss army knife type types of players. And he is, he is very explosive and elusive. The very first time I watched this guy's highlight reel out of Florida, that was the first thing I noticed was how explosive he was, how, how quick on a dime he is. He can accelerate and decelerate on a dime. And that usually translates very well to the NFL. It's just that he seemed like more of a gadget player, more along the lines of what Quarterell Patterson has been prior to him joining the Atlanta Falcons. He was kind of just a punt returner, a kick returner, a gadget type of guy. But since Kadarius Tony is thrown into this position where he has to assume the number one alpha role for the New York Giants, he is a great grab. So go out and get him and use him for as long as possible. And then Rondell Moore is still available in 60% of Yahoo leagues. We've talked about in the past that it is hard to predict who the wide receiver two in Arizona is going to be. Obviously, we have DeAndre Hopkins cemented in that number one role for the Arizona Cardinals, but it's always consistently gone between Christian Kirk, AJ Green, and Rondell Moore. But it seems like now that Rondell Moore is the guy, right? Like he just made two incredible catches this weekend. The confidence is probably boosting. Rondell Moore dealt with a lot of injuries in college, especially his last two or three years, but his freshman year, and that is always like a really big indicator is that the younger the wide receiver or the running back dominates at that college level, the more successful they are to be in the NFL. And at 18 years old, Rondell Moore completely dominated at Purdue. So we heard during the offseason how dominant and how good Rondell Moore could be. I was very skeptical of him because of his size. He he was, <clears throat> I think at his pro day, he measured in as five foot eight. But apparently that is not holding this man back at all. So if Rondell Moore is still available, I would go out and add him if possible. He seems like the guy that is going to step up and be that force for Arizona. AJ Green is a little older, and I know he's had a couple games here now where he's put up some numbers, but I think that's going to be a very inconsistent thing to rely on. And then Christian Kirk, don't even get me started with Christian Kirk. He's been in the league for four years now, and he is what he is. I'm out on Christian Kirk. Again, not a reliable option. Rondell Moore has a very high ceiling and very much worth a spot on your rosters. And last, I know I don't cover tight end enough on this podcast, but a tight end you might want to go out and pick up is the New England Patriots tight end Hunter Henry. Janu Smith, unfortunately, has been a huge bust so far through these first five weeks. They let Hunter Henry go out there and rip it this weekend. He got eight targets, came down with six catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. He also had a touchdown the week prior when they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we might start to see a lot more from tight end Hunter Henry. Another good ad for you tonight there out on the waiver wire. Ah, all right. So those are my favorite ads on the waiver waiver wire tonight. We got Khalil Herbert on the Bears, running back Chris Evans with the Cincinnati Bengals, Jarrett Patterson on the Washington football team, Darrell Williams. But don't forget about Marlon Mack. If he's still floating around, might be a good stash for the future. Devontae Booker as he takes over for the New York Giants. Ramadre Stevenson, Kadarius Toney as the number one wide receiver on the Giants. Rondell Moore as he takes over Arizona's wide receiver number two position. And then go add New England Patriots tight end Hunter Henry. 
And that's all we have for this week's episode of the waiver wire. Again, just absolutely frustrated and disappointed with the lock it up segment. Believe me when I say I am trying to get this thing back on track. I am digging harder and harder and harder. It's not like I'm just kicking my feet up and throwing darts against the wall, although I may as well at this point, but I'm trying harder, trying to find those winners, but I believe in the system that I follow. If I keep following this system, I know eventually the winners will come and hopefully we can get on top here. So with that, everybody go out and enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your nights. And we will see you here on Thursday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Philadelphia Eagles to kick off week six. We'll be breaking down the game, talking about your fantasy lineups, and then we'll be closing out the week for Friday's episode with the stardom, sit-ums, lock it up, and the boss. So until then, we will see you on Thursday. Thursday.